Our colleague John Hilsenrath covers the economy, and recently he was looking for signs for who Joe Biden would appoint to the top economic job in the country, Treasury Secretary. You know, for me, this signal happened when Biden said that he thought he had a candidate who was going to appeal broadly to progressives and moderates. And you'll find it is someone who uh, I think is, uh, will be accepted by all elements of the Democratic Party. There was just something about the words that he stated that said, I was like, all right, he picked Yellen. Janet Yellen, an economist with a long and groundbreaking career. She was the first woman to be chair of the Federal Reserve. And she will be the first woman to be Treasury Secretary. But what she's done is really transcends gender. Like, she is the first human to ever be chair of the Fed, Treasury Secretary, and chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. So... She will have done everything that a person can do. She hit the grand slam in economics, and actually no one has done that before. But in a career of tough jobs, Treasury's secretary might be the toughest. She'll be tasked with turning around an economy that's in historically bad shape while facing some of the most bitter partisanship that Washington's ever seen. Welcome to The Journal our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, November 30th. Coming up on the show, Janet Yellen's long road to the Treasury and how she might tackle her biggest challenge yet. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. So you've covered Janet Yellen for many years, and you've met her many times. Do any of your meetings with her stand out? Oh, sure. Yeah. She was actually the Wall Street Journal's guest at the um, White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2014. And uh, like, this is this black tie dinner. There's all this kind of elbow rubbing between journalists and policymakers and movie stars. And there's all these cocktail parties before this um, dinner in this kind of big cavernous ballroom. And uh, Yellen skipped all the cocktail parties, and she was, like, the first person to show up in the ballroom. Like, there's these photos, and you can Google it, where, like, Janet Yellen is sitting all alone in this giant ballroom (laughs) because she just likes to get there early. She's never going to walk in, be the last one in the room. Yellen is famous for being extremely prepared, on time, and meticulous. They're traits she appears to have gotten from her mother. Her mom was a very meticulous person. She managed the family's stock portfolio and investments. She wrote down, you know, the stock prices out of the newspapers every day in very meticulous handwriting. Yellen would also become known as a detailed note-taker. As a student, she earned straight A's and went to Brown University, where she heard a speech that would change her life. She discovered economics after she attended a speech by Jim Tobin, who was this Nobel Prize winning economist. And she was really blown away by Tobin. 
Tobin is what you would call a Keynesian. He was someone who saw an important role for the government in dealing with issues like unemployment. But what really drew her to Tobin was how he saw the place of economics and kind of human life. You know, he for him, it wasn't just this academic thing where you write down a bunch of mathematical formulations. It was something that you do to try to make people's lives better. Yellen was drawn to that idea, so she followed Tobin to Yale, where she earned her PhD. Her research focused on unemployment. What problem is more important in society, really, than unemployment? Uh, So she gravitated to that, and it was also a, a really ripe subject in the 70s and 80s when she was kind of making her name in the field. There was a lot of work being done on why unemployment even existed, theoretically. One of the things Yellen wanted to understand was why companies lay people off instead of cutting their wages. What you have companies doing, like instead of cutting wages to cut your costs to deal with this kind of downturn in the market, instead of cutting wages, you fire the worker. And it just didn't make sense. If a company sees some shock and all of a sudden it's got too many oranges. A company like a grocery store, I guess. Yeah, you know, the response is to cut the price of the oranges and then sell them at a lower price. You don't throw away the oranges, right? Well, so economists were saying, well, like, why doesn't that work in the labor market? You know, when there is a recession, it's the equivalent of throwing away the orange instead of cutting the price of the orange. And she did a lot of work on that, and and that really became a bridge for her into economic policymaking. Yellen's research on unemployment positioned her well for a spot on the Federal Reserve Board in the 1990s. From there, she led Bill Clinton's Council of Economic Advisors, chaired the Federal Reserve Bank in San Francisco, and in 2013, she was nominated by Barack Obama to be the chair of the Federal Reserve. She was the first woman to hold the job. In one of her early speeches as Fed chair, Yellen laid out one of her top economic concerns, inequality. The extent of and continuing increase in inequality in the United States greatly concern me. The past several decades have seen the most sustained rise in inequality since the 19th century. A speech like this was unusual. Fed chairs hadn't traditionally talked about inequality. And her discussion of the issue ruffled some feathers for being too political. Here she is with then-Republican Congressman Mick Mulvaney at a congressional hearing in 2015. You're not political. And when you start to talk about items that are outside of your... Direct, outside of your jurisdiction, every outside federal of your portfolio, you are being political. All of my predecessors have talked about large, important economic trends and problems affecting the country. Yellen may have broken convention by talking about inequality, but when it came to running the Fed, she was more by the book. In 2015, Yellen had to make an important decision, whether or not to raise interest rates, which had been kept low for years. There were risks either way, If you raise rates, it can cool down the economy and people can lose their jobs. But if you leave rates too low, the economy can overheat, causing bubbles or damaging inflation. And Yellen is the person who came in and started to raise interest rates very, very gradually. Now, one of the knocks on Yellen was that she did it prematurely, that inflation was very low and the Fed didn't need to start raising interest rates. And she came along and she did it anyway. 
you know, she kind of believes in the kind of models and conventions of modern economics. You know, and, and one of those models is that if you drive unemployment very low, eventually inflation is going to start picking up. And she saw unemployment getting low and she's like, all right, I want to get ahead of this. So she wasn't ready to abandon all the old models of economics that she learned back at Yale back in the 70s. Even though Yellen raised interest rates, it didn't end up causing more unemployment. In fact, during her time as Fed chair, the country saw historically low unemployment, a trend that continued after she left. One of the lessons that we learned in the last expansion, which I think is a central lesson for economics in the modern era, is that when unemployment gets low, when you get deep into an expansion and the unemployment rate gets driven down, that's when good things tend to happen to low-skill, low-income workers, minorities. When the U.S. drove the unemployment rate to under 5% and then under 4% in just the last few years, that's when we saw Black unemployment reaching the lowest levels on record. And the lesson, I think, is that the Fed's mandate of low unemployment, low inflation, is actually deeply connected to making progress on things like inequality. Even though the economy expanded under Yellen, President Trump didn't nominate her for a second term. Sources told the journal that Trump suggested one of his concerns with Yellen was that she was too short. She's five feet. The White House declined to comment. But not getting that second term as Fed chair freed Yellen up for another big job. What does the Treasury Secretary do? Well, I mean, the Treasury Secretary has a very big portfolio. You know, the first thing and the most important thing that the Treasury does is that it funds the United States government. So the government spends money on things. Where does that money come from? It comes from two sources. It comes from tax revenues and it comes from debt, from borrowing. You know, these are the things that Alexander Hamilton created back, you know, in the 1790s. But the Treasury doesn't just fund the government and collect taxes. It also monitors the value of the dollar and carries out international sanctions. And the person who leads the Treasury also has to deal with politics. A big part of the job is negotiating deals with Congress. This is the most political job that Janet Yellen has ever had. She was the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors in the late 90s. So, you know, that means she was in the White House. She was exposed to politics. But most of her career in economic policy has been at the Fed, which is more of an insulated institution, and prides itself on being apolitical. You know, and there's reason to think that Yellen doesn't love the political part of the job. Her husband is George Akerlof. He won a Nobel Prize in economics. And there's this really interesting passage that he wrote in his autobiography for the Nobel Prize, where he talks about playing a supporting role to Janet Yellen. So here's the the sentence where he talks about her role in politics. He says, when Janet was at the Fed, I supported her as much as possible by taking over household duties. Later, when she was at the White House, my role in providing psychological support in the daily political storms was yet more important. So like in the Yellen Akerlof household, these daily political storms were something that affected both of them. And uh, she's about to walk into storms that are probably going to be much more ferocious than they were back in the late 1990s. The ferocious political storms Yellen will have to weather in her new job, that's after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Volvo Cars. Distractions happen, but there are things that can help you stay focused, like the fully electric seven-seater Volvo EX90. It was made to help keep you and those around you on the road safe with LiDAR technology that can see what you sometimes can't and a two-camera driver understanding system designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Visit volvocars.com slash US to learn more. If Janet Yellen is confirmed, she'll become Treasury Secretary at an especially high-stakes moment. Janet Yellen comes into this job with the economy at this fascinating crossroads. On the one hand, we're halfway through a recovery. Uh, The unemployment rate has come down from 14% to a little bit under 7%, but there's further to go. At the same time, the coronavirus is spreading again, and people are worried, and states are announcing new lockdowns. And the economy, though it it has started a recovery, is showing signs of slowing. So this is a vulnerable moment for the economy when things could turn south very quickly. One of Yellen's most powerful tools to turn the economy around could be pushing through a second stimulus bill. Yellen has made clear that she's for a second stimulus and she's for an aggressive program. I believe that Democrats and a lot of kind of center, center-left economists believe that the government was perhaps too aggressive in cutting back on spending and deficits too quickly in the Obama era, which might have slowed down the last recovery. And they don't want to repeat that. And so Yellen will support a second stimulus plan. There's no question. And one would expect it to be aggressive. But to pass an aggressive stimulus bill, she'll face significant political challenges. First, from Republicans who've already shown reluctance to more big spending. You know, the Republican Party was getting a little queasy about large deficits and rising debt this summer when we were staring at $3 trillion budget deficits. That was when there was a Republican in the White House and they were balking about another economic rescue package this summer when it would have helped President Trump, frankly. Now they're the opposition party with the Democrat in the White House. I suspect, and so do a lot of other people in Washington, that, you know, Republicans are going to be very resistant to any kind of big spending program. And if they control the Senate, that's going to be a real challenge. And Yellen is going to have to be in the middle of those debates and discussions. Yellen will also be in the middle of a debate within her own political party. There's also progressives on the left wing of the Democratic Party, and they want a very aggressive federal government. They want a very aggressive spending program, and they're really not that worried about all the debt that that would entail. And she's got to manage that flank. How much government debt do you think Yellen would be comfortable with? The answer is we don't know. And one of Janet Yellen's kind of big conundrums is going to be to find the answer, to test the bounds of how much borrowing the government can do 
without really setting the economy back, given her track record and her temperament, she's going to do that testing cautiously. She's not going to just kind of open the spigots and see what happens. Addressing the effects of the pandemic may be the, the most pressing and first priority that she takes on, but she does have other interests that we've talked about, like unemployment and income inequality. How do you see those other priorities that Janet Yellen has playing out as she's Treasury Secretary? I will tell you with pretty great confidence, Janet Yellen is going to be very focused on the unemployment rate as the Treasury Secretary. It rose to more than 14% in April from 3.5% in February. It's come back about halfway down to a little bit under 7%. She is going to want to see the unemployment rate get as low as possible and as quickly as possible. And I think that's going to be one of her singular priorities because she has spent her whole life thinking about labor markets. And she's very mindful of the idea that when you can get that unemployment rate down, you're going to draw women into the labor force. You're going to help wages for black workers. You're going to help draw in disabled people and you're going to drive up wages So many problems get solved when you can get that unemployment rate down. And I think she's going to be hyper-focused on that issue. So it sounds like she she sees unemployment as sort of the gateway to addressing other issues that she may care about. That's been her whole life. Unemployment has been her whole life. It's what, you know, she focused on as an academic. It's what Jim Tobin got her focused on as a student. It's where she made her mark at the Fed And the really big question for her is, all right, when she was at the Fed, she looked at how do you use interest rates and interest rate tools to help address the unemployment rate issue. Now she's at the Treasury and her mindset is going to be, what else can we do and how can we do it in a way that isn't damaging? She's a risk averse person. She doesn't want to break the economy but she wants to drive that unemployment rate down. And she's coming into this job when we don't know if we're going south or north at a very fast rate, and we're only halfway to where we want to be. It's a fascinating moment in economic history. That's all for today, Monday, November 30th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Nick Timoros. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. I've heard, though, by the way, that you invented a Yellen cocktail. Oh, God, this is unpopular. (laughs) I created a drink when I was covering the Fed, and she was the chair And it was bourbon, lemon, and honey poured over ice. We used to drink our drink after every Fed meeting. And I called it an old yelling, which was named after an old-fashioned, but it was my twist on an old-fashioned. I like it. Yeah, it got back to the Fed that I called the drink an old yelling. And I don't think it was appreciated that, you know, (laughs) I used the word old